0: vaccination rollout program uh, will vary of course from province to province and uh, there's an awful lot of confusion about what's going on a lot of questions being asked i mean every time the, the government makes a, some sort of an announcement said i know rick hillier was uh, was doing something of that ilk uh, just a couple hours ago and premium is going to be back up on the podium at one o'clock again today to do something like that but we get more questions here i get emails and what did he say what does it mean uh especially now because uh, we know that many of the next priority group those 80 and older are wondering how they're going to be able to arrange for a shot once it becomes available Global Sandy Salerno talks about some of this confusion.
1: We know that each of the province's 34 local public health units will be responsible for coming up with and carrying out their own plan to vaccinate residents. What is relevant in one part of Ontario in terms of doing vaccines in a a rural area may be going to your family doctor, in an urban area it may be going to a mass vaccination clinic. Health Minister Christine Elliott was asked today if having all these different vaccination
0: sites will lead to
1: confusion for people. This
0: is a much better way to do it because the local public health unit, they know their geographic area. They know who the health care providers are, and they know the best way to do it.
1: Liberal leader Stephen Del Duca says given it is almost March, he's baffled this is the first we've heard that the government wants
0: public health to take on this kind of role.
1: Government seems to be flying by the seat of their pants. Sandy Salerno, Global News.
0: Well, to that point, there was a a fascinating op-ed piece in the Toronto Star the other day. Uh, It's titled, Ontario's Vaccine Rollout Confusion is a Deliberate Political Tactic. Uh, The author is uh, Dr. Michelle Cohen, who is a a physician in Brighton, Ontario, and also an assistant professor in the Department of Family Medicine at Queen's University. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much. I'm glad you could join us today thanks for having me very timely a uh, very thought-provoking piece and i think you, you've nailed an awful lot of the concerns that a lot of us are having these days about what mixed messaging and, and uh, some accusations of course doctor that maybe the government's changing their mind from time to time but uh, there are those that i think would we agree with the, the tone of the article that you wrote here that uh, that maybe this is this is done on purpose maybe this is the art of of, of distraction to, to try to confuse us uh, so because nobody seems to have any answers here
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there is an element to which the the government is benefiting from this confusing messaging. So, you know, when I say that it's a tactic, I, I don't envision that the government is in a back room somewhere rubbing their hands together with glee, that they're putting out this misleading messaging for malicious purposes. But it takes a lot of effort to put out good messaging and to be clear and to have good communications and to give people good factual information in a crisis such as this. And I think the government is simply not putting that effort in because it benefits them politically when people are a bit more confused. People spend much more energy calling around, trying to figure out where they're going to get vaccinated, what's happening next, trying to interpret the new information from this press conference or that press conference, and the rules, the, the facts are constantly seeming to change. So I think that, that really just drains people. And when you're drained in that way and just trying to figure out what you need to do to survive through a pandemic, you're much less able to criticize the government's plan, to organize with others, to advocate for better. And I think the bene- the government ultimately benefits politically and it allows it allows it to evade accountability in that way
0: but it also increases frustration for for you know those of us that are trying to get that information
1: yeah, absolutely. So I think an element of what's happening too is the government is deflecting blame and and sort of shifting the blame downwards onto the public health units. Um, I'm concerned, or my first reaction after I heard this announcement Friday afternoon was that family physicians were going to become the next target uh, to deflect blame because if people are calling around and the family doctor doesn't know anything and we're not able to book them in, then then that's going to be the next convenient target for the government to blame. And we've seen this government do that before when things don't go well, um, when when their policies are not enacted well and. They're they face criticism for the way that the pandemic's being handled, they start blaming the lab, they start blaming pharmacists, they start blaming uh, individuals who are not understanding their lockdown rules, um, businesses, small businesses, and, and I think family physicians are potentially the next target to, to deflect blame onto for, for people's frustration.
0: Well, and, and you know, as you follow the lineage here, too, I mean, oh, 10 days ago, 14 days ago, it was convenient for the government to blame the federal government because hey, we don't have the vaccine. We're ready to go. We have a plan and we just don't have the product here. Uh, now it seems right. as if that flow has started again. And as you mentioned, they just decided late last week, well, OK, it's going to be the, the, the public health department responsibilities. In other words, you know, OK, we can't blame the guys upstairs. So let's 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 download this onto them now. now that way it won't be our problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think any time that, and this applies to the federal government too, any time there's a shifting of blame downwards or shifting of responsibility downwards, I think we should be very, very cynical uh, and and unaware of the potential for shifting blame and deflecting blame. I I think that's part of what's going on, absolutely, at at both levels of government.
0: Well, because when that happens, uh, you complain, you get angry at the first person that you can get your hands on, or the first person you can get on the phone, and invariably that's, that's your doctor. Uh, or, the, yeah. or somebody from public health uh, you're not going to get the Premier on the phone you're not going to get the Prime Minister on the phone uh, it's it's whoever you can access and say, what's the matter, I can't get information It's it's, you know, even though it's not your fault, you're going to be the sounding board for this
1: yeah, exactly. So that's why as soon as this message was announced on Friday or we you know, mulled it over a little bit over the weekend and I sent a message to my secretary saying, OK, when people call in on Monday, because inevitably people are going to call in, they've been told that they can call in and that we're going to book them in. When people call in asking for vaccinations, I want you to give them our local MPP's number and tell them to call there and that, who, that is the person who's going to handle their vaccine bookings because we have not gotten any information whatsoever from the province about this
0: well that lack of communication has, has been a constant through this whole process and it, it, it's frustrating to us of course in the media trying to get that information so we can disseminate it after the public but it's not forthcoming uh, although what we do get and i you pointed this out in the piece which i thought was uh, very important we do get bombasts from the government i mean you know the premier will come up there on his daily one o'clock things and and talk about you know stats and and you know and trending measures that are going to make you fall off your chair because of these projections mm-hmm. and uh and you know and and, and i'm thinking oh my god this is this is the world is coming to an end and he says but i'm not going to tell you about it for another three or four days well was it not that important then i mean what messaging is that sending us
1: yeah absolutely i i think that's uh, both a sign of just their disorganization i think they're they're not really um prepared for what's going on for what's happening um and i think it it also they benefit from it so i think they they recognize to some degree that they're putting out contradictory and, and confusing messaging they're just kind of trying to get through the the media issue of the day or answer the challenge of the day and deflect blame if possible, you know, and, and then if whatever conflicting or confusing misinformation gets out there is uh, is ultimately the frontline provider's uh, responsibility to, to clear up. So, yeah, they, they tell people to call this place, call that place, and, and people, especially in small communities, they're going to be reaching out to their family doctor or other mm-hmm. community health uh, professionals as well, like pharmacists, home care providers, um, nurses, you know, we're the ones who are fielding these questions. And at least when it comes to family doctors, we have been asking both levels of government to communicate with us since December, since this vaccine first arrived. We've been asking for communication. We've been wanting to get involved in this vaccine rollout, and there has just been zero communication. So, you know, last week when we were told that after months of of asking for communication and having none, that we're actually being given this responsibility with no information, that was very, very upsetting. So there were were a lot of angry emails going around uh, amongst my colleagues and I over the weekend. It was very upsetting
0: time but in circumstances like that as you say what adds to the mix is the misinformation and and it started with this government and other governments it's not strictly an ontario problem i get that mm-hmm. but you know with the premier's assertion a couple of months ago that anybody that wants a test can get one well that's not true in ontario uh and it never right, has exactly. been true in ontario but when people say that and then they'll call your office or they'll go to the pharmacy and they'll say we can't do that for you i'm sorry this is, well the premier said i saw it on tv so it's got to be exactly. true
1: Exactly, exactly, so people so I, I heard from a local colleague that uh, Monday morning um, we, we had a snowstorm in this area on Monday, so Monday morning there were people outside his clinic before the clinic opened waiting to get in because they had been told that they could book their vaccines there or get their vaccines there, and they wanted more information so you know this mis- misinformation is forcing elderly patients out in a snowstorm in a pandemic to show up at their family doctor's office because they've been given misinformation that that's where they should go next, so this is causing actual harm, really endangering people by putting out misinformation like this.
0: And and of course the people in the clinic are going to be the ones that take the heat for it. In other words, what do you mean I can't have my vaccination? What do you mean I can't book the right. time? Uh, they you know they don't exactly. they don't they don't extend that and say well that's what the government said. Uh, but you know when you've got a, a bully pulpit like this, and right now you know they're the governing party, and one o'clock every afternoon you know like you can set your watch to it, you know the premier's out there talking about these things. But the, the the whole premise here that you've talked about, doctor, about lack of transparency and lack of information, has been a constant theme through this whole process. I mean at, at both levels frankly because we really don't know you know they say we're consulting with the medical experts and then I on this program we'll have a, a whole series of medical experts that say no that's not what we should be doing and we, I, right. maybe the the classic example of that was of course was the back to school program last September which apparently they didn't even start working on until August uh, and they said yeah SickKids has given us all these recommendations well they cherry-picked uh, the ones that they thought they wanted to do they did not take the program and embrace it And they've done that with a number of other things too but just Some very controversial things and you know all we get is well our, our experts have told us Well who are they and what did they say you know were there 10 doctors Did nine of them disagree with you and one agree well, you know we don't know any of this stuff
1: Yeah, absolutely. So anytime that information is being obscured in that way, then we have to wonder why. And we have to be very cynical, I think, about what the political motivations are between a lack of information or or lack of transparency. And especially, I think, when when confusing messaging is being given out, I think it's not just a sign of the government being disorganized or inept. I think it actually is a choice that the government is making because it deflects blame and and, uh, allows them to escape accountability and uh, escape those sorts of direct challenges from the people who are potentially being harmed by these bad policies and bad planning.
0: Uh, doctor, I don't know if you're a fan of Broadway musicals. Uh, I am, but I mean I think of that classic the, the Chicago where the guy the lawyer says give them the old razzmatazz. Uh and you yeah, just yeah. and they'll fall for it. I mean they know that, but you know, because it's the bright lights and this and that and, and these promises of you know that this is all gonna be okay and or on, you can play the other side as the premier's done from time to time and talk about how gruesome these numbers are gonna be and we're gonna have to do something drastic. It's it, it's really a setup, isn't it, for for what they really wanna do let's let's make them really happy or really anx- anxious one or the other and then we follow it up with what we really want to do and they won't question it because they're going to you know they they're buying into the severity of of what the government's telling us
1: it, it certainly does feel like there's some political motivations behind a lot of this messaging. It's kind of what they, what they want uh, people to be thinking about for that particular day, whether they want people to feel like things are going to be okay and the vaccine's going to be rolled out and everything's going to be fine, you know, even if that's not actually the truth. Um, they want people to accept that message uh, unquestioningly or, or to at least be confused by it and expend their energy trying to figure out what the truth is. Or, you know, the opposite. They want people to be alarmed by the numbers and, and, and be prepared for whatever, is coming even though they don't actually roll out the uh, restrictions as quickly as they seem to so it's just confusion all around It is really just confusion all around from this government unfortunately
0: as somebody in the medical profession maybe you can put uh, answers uh, and give me some clarity on this why if we're going to have daily briefings for instance about what is a pandemic this is a medical crisis i understand that yes there are economic consequences to this as well but why aren't we getting this information from our, our top doctors instead of from politicians
1: yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I think we we have a, a science table, um, and and we know that we don't have fully transparent information from what they've been advising uh, the province. And and absolutely, they we should be hearing more from our our scientists, from our epidemiologists and infectious disease and public health experts, um, and and less of the sort of politicized misinformation campaign, um, which is ultimately a political campaign. We should be hearing more from the public health experts on this for sure.
0: Well, and. When- when they do that, the odd time that they do sneak in there and, and get in front of the cameras for a little while, invariably, I'm sure that they they, they tick off the, the the government of the day. But you know, even when it came to you know, let's let's end the lockdown and let's start backing healthcare expert after healthcare expert, uh, basically went up there and said, "This is too early. Don't do this yet." Uh, I i have mm-hmm. to find somebody that said, "No, this is fine. This is good." Yeah, that was the government policy. So it's no wonder that, that they're trying to suppress that sort of information because it seems to run contrary to what they want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They have their own plan. And I think to some degree, we're not going to learn what that plan is. And maybe we'll learn, you know, after the fact, at the end of the day, if there's any sort of audit or discussion, historical discussion about this whole period of time for our province. But but right now, transparency is a huge, huge problem. And I think they're they're trying to find, to some extent, um, motive, justifications for the decisions that they already want to make for, for political reasons.
0: And I get frustrated and I see because the downside of lack of transparency, of course, is is mistrust Uh, about vaccines, about the efficacy of the vaccines, about the severity of the pandemic. I mean, when you speak in half-truths, people do get cynical, which is why I think you're seeing this pushback so much about some of these things because they're not explaining what they're doing. But on the other hand, maybe they're doing that intentionally because they want us to be off guard.
1: I think that's part of it. I I think that being off guard is and, and trying to figure out what's best for you and your family or whatever loved ones you have who may be high risk. Um, You know, I think that that you focus on that personal struggle and that kind of need to survive and need to care for your family. And if that's your priority and you're expending all of your energy on that because the government's making it confusing for you to figure out how to survive through this pandemic, then you're much less likely to have the energy left over to criticize the government or to organize with anyone or advocate for anything better or or even to really review the policies. You're just so focused on the day-to-day struggle. So I, I think that's where the government is benefiting from the the lack of effort in, in clear and consistent messaging
0: doctor i understand that you know when this hit big and probably a lot bigger than a lot of people including uh, government officials would have anticipated uh, about a year ago now when they had the first lockdown in the middle of march uh, i understand the rush was on to try to find a vaccine and, and thankfully it looks as if that that's been a successful enterprise uh, and there was a, a protocol that had to be developed but don't you think at some point and i'm talking about nine ten months ago not nine ten days ago somebody would have said you know what we should they are going to find a vaccine shouldn't we develop a rollout for this so that we have a plan to put in place we don't have the product yet but how are we going to do this how are we going to vaccinate millions and millions of people in a short period of time
1: it just seems as if they're doing
0: it yeah they're doing this on the back of an envelope
1: Absolutely. Uh, We knew several months ago that vaccination was going to be a major strategy for getting us out of the pandemic. That was not something that we only discovered in the fall. We knew this months ago. Uh, And that was a a missed opportunity. I think we should have nationalized the vaccine strategy. So I think this this should have been something that the federal government took more leadership on rather than simply acquiring the vaccine and then dumping it on the provinces to to sort out. I think that leads to a lot of inequities across the country. Um, The plan should have been nationalized. There should have been uh, uh, communication with the community health providers um, that are on the front lines that are seeing patients that are in touch with patients and connected in the communities and in home care um, and in, in long-term care there should have been communication at that point and a strategy could have been planned out at that point point. and there didn't have to be any dates on it if we didn't know when the vaccine was coming but just to have that plan ready for when the vaccine arrived that's the way it should have been done in my opinion.
0: But that's where the politics comes in again, and, and it becomes right. a turf war because anytime the prime minister even hinted at, at doing something at a national level, the premiers would push back and say, healthcare is a, pro- a provincial responsibility, back off. Uh, and, mm-hmm. it, it, but on the other hand, there are tools that, 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 that the federal government could have used too, saying this is a national emergency and we're, we're going to take action yeah. on this. So uh, that's sadly, that's in our rearview mirror right now, but it, it, mm-hmm. it's It's important to understand this, which is why your op-ed piece, I think, was so important, Doctor, because we need to know how we got to where we are if we're going to try to fix this.
1: Exactly. We need to know how we got here, and and we we know that that this is a potential crisis that can happen at any time in the future. Um, We know that pandemics are a reality of a more globally connected world. So I, I think we're going to be doing a lot of analysis after this period to try to figure out what went wrong and what we could do better and hopefully have a better plan for next time. You know, we we, we sort of did a we, we did a little bit of an analysis after SARS, and then a lot of those uh, ideas and strategies were not implemented when this pandemic came. So I, I'm hopeful that uh, we can at least put together a better strategy to be prepared for next time.
0: Absolutely. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for the peace and the star, and thanks for spending some time with us again today. Really appreciate it.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Take care. Dr. Michelle Cohen, of course, uh, from uh, Queens University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.